Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, uh, we continue our discussion from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And as we said in previous episodes, uh, this particular book is dealing with the unity of the church and the body of Christ. The unity of the church and the body of Christ. And in terms of unity, um, I, I look at the church as a whole in America and the different um, stands or positions that various uh, Christians are taking, and it has uh, me concerned. I'm very concerned about the spiritual pulse of the church. I realize that God will always have a remnant. I do realize that, and I believe that 100%. So my concern is really intended for you as a listener to really assess where you are with Christ and to assess whether or not your belief system, your worldview, is rooted in the Scriptures not rooted in your organizations, not rooted in the uh, educational system that you're connected to, not rooted in your civic allegiance, not rooted in your economic status, but more so I'm praying that your belief system Your worldview is rooted in the Bible. That's my hope, that all of us that profess to be Christians stand boldly on the principles of the Bible. It is easy for us to get caught up in worldly affairs, and that's That's the caution the Bible uh, gives us. Do not entangle yourself with worldly affairs. It doesn't mean that uh, we can't engage in the political realm. It doesn't mean that we can't run for office as Christians. It doesn't mean uh, that we can't volunteer for uh, different civic uh, priorities. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is that we're not so consumed with the world's formula for making our uh, neighborhoods better. We're we're not distracted by good works uh, and and the belief that if we just pass out enough food, if we just pass out enough clothing for the homeless, if if we build enough uh, homeless shelters, then this society will be better. 
I'm not negating that those things are important, and we should, as Christians, meet the natural needs of people if we want them to hear the gospel. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Salvation Army was started by believers, uh, those who were touched by God to meet physical needs. But however, uh, in many cases, uh, the original tenet has been lost. Just because we do good works doesn't mean we should not propagate the gospel. So, in other words, if we are going to uh, set up uh, a food pantry, let us set up the food pantry with the gospel in mind, meaning that we are pointing people to Jesus. We're going to give you food, but our intent is to introduce you to Jesus. If we're going to set up uh, a clothing uh, dispensary, let's pass out the clothing. Let's give people uh, clothing to wear in the winter, clothing to wear in the summer. Let's do those things, but let's not forget the ultimate objective as Christians is to introduce people to Jesus. So when we talk about unity, Ephesians 4 reminds us that the unity of the body of Christ in a global as well as local sense has to be rooted in truth and has to be rooted in benevolence. So we as believers, we must be unified in truth. And that truth is found in Jesus. And the story of Jesus is found in the scriptures. So all these things are tied together. And unification is not uh, about entertainment. You know, I see a lot of uh, groups, Christian organizations, uh, they want to be unified uh, primary, primarily under uh, social activities. If we just have uh, a lot of events uh, and, and keep people inside the church walls, then uh, things will be better. No, the type of unity that Paul is talking about is being rooted in God's word, uh, teaching and discipling people to walk with God on their own through the word. If we train people to rightly divide the word of God, then they'll be able to uh, live out their life with Jesus. Then they'll be able to carry their and bear their own cross. Uh, entertainment alone is not going to do it. I'm not against entertainment, but entertainment is not the priority. Activities is not the priority. We need people to know Jesus intimately for themselves. So when hard time comes, they'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This is a very important tenet that all of us must get to know Jesus intimately. And in Ephesians chapter 4, we'll continue with verse 14. And this verse reminds us uh, what we ought to be doing, which is that we should no longer 
Be like children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine. Right? Not all doctrine is sound. Not all doctrine is biblical. And by doctrine, we mean teachings. We mean uh, pro, uh, 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 things that we, we are, we, we, individuals are teaching, things that individuals are preaching, and even include things that individuals are singing about. Every wind of doctrine. Uh, there are some songs that uh, we may be singing, may be soothing to the ears and soothing to our hearts, but may not be biblical. And these things are important because uh, as music, and I love music, uh, music has a way of getting inside of us. Have you uh, ever found yourself singing uh, songs that you didn't even intend to memorize, but because it was catchy, you found yourself singing it? So music has power. But what's more important with music is the content of the lyrics. So we need to make sure that we're not listening to music that's taking us further away from Christ, but bringing us closer to Christ. That's the type of music we ought to be listening to. And then we talk about teachings. Um, We mentioned earlier about uh, false prophets and uh, false teachers. Uh, We mentioned... um, Individuals like David Koresh and uh, individuals like Charles Taze Russell, who started Jehovah Witnesses, uh, individuals like Joseph Smith, who started Mormonism. We're talking about false teachings. And so these are the type of teachings that the scriptures warn us about. Okay, so not all teachings are the same. Not all preachers are the same. So we must stand on sound doctrine and not uh, be so easily persuaded by every new thing that comes along, every new ideology that has Christian on it, we embrace that. We can't do that. Every uh, new theory, theological theory that comes about, we just embrace it because someone has a reverent or have a title in front of their name. We need to be careful that we test the spirit by the spirit. So don't be like children, um, not mature, whereby that leads us to embracing teachings that are not of God. Don't be carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men. And you have men uh, and women uh, who are preaching and teaching things that are contrary to God's word. It is contradictory to God's word. And many people inside of the church are being led astray just because this person is eloquent, just because this person has status. We uh, easily listen to them and, and, and we don't test it by the word. And oftentimes these individuals engage in eisegesis, which is Uh, putting into the scriptures what's not there instead of exegesis, which is pulling out of the scripture what's already there. So we have to be cautious. We have to be cautious. If we're going to please God, we have to do things his way because he loves us 
and he's given us a prescription for an abundant life. Not an ordinary life, but an abundant life. So again, watch out for every wind of doctrine. Watch out for the trickery of men and how they eisegese and use uh, certain words and twist certain words and and uh, takes things out of biblical context. Um, it, it, it's so important. I, I can't say this enough. It's so important that all of you listening, uh, me included, that we practice hermeneutics, the science and art of biblical interpretation. There's a correct way to read scripture, and these false teachers, they violate the laws of hermeneutics all the time. Uh, They go to a scriptural passage, and they lift it out of context, and they plug in what they want this verse to mean without looking at what's going on in the story. And you can't do that. You can't just go into the Bible, lift out of scripture, and make it mean what you want it to mean without looking at the context. Context, context, context. So if you uh, have questions or want to learn more about hermeneutics, you can go on our website, srministries.org, and you'll find uh, information about hermeneutics and how to study the Bible for all it's worth. So again, avoid false doctrine. Don't be led astray by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. They they are those uh, who are plain deceitful. And they'll come across as as, as the legitimate word of God in terms of their uh, propagation, but in actuality, they're teaching something that's totally contrary or false. I'll give you another example. Uh, when we first, when I say we, when my uh, close friends and I first uh, became Christians uh, at our church, we started or resumed the street witness ministry. And what we would do on Saturday mornings is around 11 o'clock, we would meet, have prayer, and we would go door to door sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, uh, we realized that many people thought we were Jehovah Witnesses. And we would emphatically tell them, no, we're not Jehovah Witnesses. We're Christians just preaching the gospel. And as we shared uh, with these individuals, uh, every now and then, uh, people would still show a little bit of skepticism. Are you sure you're not Jehovah Witnesses? So we were forced to learn more about Jehovah Witnesses and what they believed. And in studying more about Jehovah Witnesses and in studying more about Mormonism at that time, uh, because they did home visit as well, what we realized is if you just talk to people on a surface level, you'll never get the content of what they mean. So, in other words, all three groups use the name Jesus. 
Christians use the name Jesus. Jehovah Witnesses use the name Jesus. Mormons use the name Jesus. But all three of us have different meaning or understanding of the name Jesus. So if you just talk on a surface level, you'll really never get to understanding what they mean when they say Jesus. Um, If we're talking to even a Muslim, uh, the Muslims use the name Jesus also. But to to them, Jesus is just a good prophet. Uh, If you talk to Jehovah Witnesses, they use the name Jesus. But Jesus is the first creation of Jehovah, meaning that he was created. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses believe Jesus is not eternal. And then if you talk to Mormons, uh, they believe that Jesus is a spirit, uh, spirit, spirit brother of Lucifer. So we, in, in uh, uh, talking to people, we can't just assume that just because they're using the same jargon, that, th- that what they're saying matches up with Scripture. That's the key. So why is this important? There may be someone listening right now. Uh, who's saying, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is God believes in the law of identity. And when Jesus says, uh, I am the way, the the truth and the light, what he's talking about is there's no other way to, to the Father but through him. So, if we don't follow Jesus and we don't follow uh, the prescripts of the Bible, which uh, displays exclusive, uh, exclusiveness, then we're saying we don't agree with God what the scripture is saying. God says, if you want to see the Father, you got to come by the Son, and that's Jesus Christ. But these other groups, they offer an alter, uh, alternative way. Yes, when you uh, listen to uh, Jehovah Witnesses, it may seem like they're offering the biblical plan of salvation, but it is not. They're offering works which which the Bible blatantly contradicts uh, in Ephesians, especially Ephesians 2.89. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then when you're talking to a a Muslim, same thing. They are offering works as salvation. If your good work outweighs your bad work, then Allah will allow you into the kingdom. But again, their teaching of what salvation is is totally contradictory to the word of God. And even inside uh, what we call the Christian theological umbrella, there are many groups, many uh, teachers who are sharing things that are not biblical. Uh, and so when we hear anything that um, sounds good, we must test the spirit by the spirit. And ultimately, God loves us and he's given us these prescriptions in the Bible so we won't hurt ourselves, so we won't bring calamity upon us. And when God tells us to do something, we must agree with him that he knows best even if we don't initially agree with it. Because he's God, I must, through faith, accept what he's saying and do things his way. So Christians, we're called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And in Corinthians, we learn 
uh, in Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, that we must pull down strongholds. And, and, and pulling down strongholds is a vital part of our mission, of our mandate. For uh, so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? And so we as Christians uh, are mandated to pull down every anti-God philosophy, anti-God rhetoric, uh, when, when we come, um, when we come and present it, and are presented with these type of philosophies, we have a mandate to speak the truth in love, to share the gospel in love, and so our response must be rooted in the scriptures. Again, watch out for every wind of doctrine. Watch out uh, that you're not tossed to and fro. Watch out for the trickery of men. Watch out for the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, meaning that it's not coming at you, obviously. The devil has a way of doing things uh, in a subtle way. It may seem like people are preaching the truth. It may seem like some people are teaching the truth, but it's not the truth. So he, 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 the devil doesn't always come at you where you can see him. Uh, uh, obviously, he comes in a subtle way. So we have to be careful that we don't get caught up and be entrapped by the deceitfulness of these individuals. However, in verse 15, this is what we should do. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Uh, may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. So Christ is the head and he's our example. So if we want to know what to do, do like Jesus did. In the first part, verse 14, Paul tells us what not to do. In verse 15, he's telling us what to do, which is to be like Jesus in all things, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does a share and then causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So if we do what we're supposed to do, it causes the body to grow for the building up of itself in love. So when you do what you're supposed to do, and I talked about this earlier, when you share your gifts with the church, when you contribute to the church through uh, whether it's ties and offering, through intercessory prayer, through uh, you actually uh, giving of yourself, it builds up God's church. And it also makes the body of Christ run the way that God intends for it to uh, run. So it's important that we remember Paul's words. Christ is the example. And if you want to know the standard of Christian living, follow the life of Jesus. Uh, Follow the life of Christ. Christ was always focused on what the Father's will was for his assignment. And it's the same thing with us. We have an assignment from Jesus. And that assignment, number one, is to love our brothers and sisters inside the church and also be interested in building up one another. But all of that must be done in love. Well, our time have quickly come to a close again. Uh, please remember, if, uh, if you want to support this ministry, 
to go online, srministry.org, or you can send us a check to a P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.